Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It was a strobe show. It was like a, a lights everywhere. Sonny Singh was driving that taxi. They told me to circle back. They were just about to give me the address to where they were going. Right, but the paparazzi came, and then he told me to circle back to the precinct. So very quickly. Yeah. How long were uh, Maybe 10-15 minutes. 10-15 yeah. minutes in yeah, the max, yeah. Did it seem tense inside? Uh, they were nervous. They were nervous. You see the faces that they were nervous. This is the single stupidest, most inconsequential lead story that I can remember in all the years of being, uh, you know, paying attention to the media. The fact that it was a lead story on the evening news last night... For ABC, NBC, and CBS, the fact that Meghan and Markle got chased by paparazzi. Well, we all remember that Harry's mother died as a result of being chased by the paparazzi. Oh, no! And then the cab driver saying, yeah, it doesn't seem like it was that bad. And the police department saying, yeah, we've looked at security video. and doesn't look anything like happened that should be illegal. We haven't given out any tickets. Anyway, it's just... It just I just find it annoying. Also, hey, Harry and Megan, if you don't want to be chased by the paparazzi, quit showing up to galas and getting phony humanitarian award BS things. <laughs> but that's their, they are their brand. They've got to promote their brand, Jack. It really, that's their life. That's their career being them. It really is like the South Park episode mocking them, where he's like on top of his house with a megaphone. I want my privacy! Respect my privacy! Why won't you leave me alone? He shouts at everybody <laughs> in the neighborhood. Eh, boy. So annoying! And as we discussed earlier, uh, Wall Street Journal, with a fabulous and troubling editorial, uh, American children, young Americans are dying at alarming rates, reversing years of progress. The numbers are horrifying. Horrifying! And we're focused on 
Right. These two numbskulls. I think Harry I think Harry and Megan have the opportunity or maybe have already passed what I thought was the most annoying couple of all time, J Lo and A Rod. Oh when yeah. they were together. I think so. Yeah, and that's that's a tough title to win. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a bold statement, but I think you're right. So uh if you, my friends, have had to, and I know a lot of you have, sit through the insulting racist, illogical, cruel, idiotic DEI training in recent years. Take heart. There might be a little progress on that front. Maybe. This is from the New York Times, which, uh, to their credit, uh, published a piece, when was this? Uh, In January of this year. We talked about it. What if diversity training is doing more harm than good? They go into a bunch of studies. Well, first they point out that $3.4 billion was spent on this training in 2020 alone. Wow. It's a multi-billion dollar business. Marching in and giving your your employees or you a stern lecture on how white people are evil and always evil and always will be evil unless you get on your knees and genuflect to our radical theories. Right, it's so completely unnecessary, too. I mean, it's not only annoying and time-wasting and everything. It's just, it's just unnecessary. It doesn't need to exist. Well, yeah, and they mention in these studies that it does more harm than good. It, it causes uh, feelings of unhappiness and I, racial resentment and the rest of it to rise. I don't doubt that. Oh. I, I walk out of any of those kind of trainings angry. <laughs> there, uh, The New York Times with a different article, why some committees are saying diversity and belonging instead of diversity and inclusion. You know, the, the names, the words don't matter because they'll change them next week anyway. That's part of the thing. They change it constantly. You have to adopt the changes constantly, or that makes you a racist and a bad person. So you're always on your heels, and you never say, I don't believe this stuff. I think it's bunk. It's it's just it's rules for radicals. It goes way back. Uh, the Communist Party did it constantly. What's the party line? That's where that term comes from. Anyway, so this article starts with a description of a really old-school aerospace company where... Uh, you know, people had to wear bow ties to work until the 1990s. <laughs> and so the CEO, uh, I guess he's the uh, the HR officer, chief HR officer, said, you know, we probably ought to, like, get into the modern era a little bit around here. And he he did some searching and he came across a black comedian and former media personality named Kareth Foster. She's the CEO of Inver- Inversity Solutions a consultancy that rethinks traditional diversity programming. And Ms. Foster said companies must address racism, sexism, homophobia, anti-Semitism in the workplace, but she believes that an overemphasis on identity groups and a tendency to reduce people to victim or villain can strip agency away from and alienate everyone, including employees of color. This is a woman who's got a bit of wisdom, and I salute her. She says her approach allows everyone, quote, to make mistakes, to say the wrong thing sometimes and be able to correct it. And they go into a description of her, her, her opening seminar for the companies. Shortly after taking the stage, she asked everyone to close your eyes and raise their hands in response to a series of provocative questions. Have they ever locked the car when a black man walked by? 
Had they thought, yes, Jewish people are especially good with money. Had they questioned the intelligence of someone with a thick southern accent. What was that second one? Jewish people really are good with money. (laughs) Okay. Um, Questioned the intelligence of somebody with a, a southern accent. People raised their hands tentatively, even fearfully. But by the time Ms. Foster finished the list, nearly every hand in the room, including her own, was up. And she said, congratulations, you're certified human beings. It's not about being right or wrong, but I'm understanding when bias comes into play and just being aware of it. So it is definitely not the Robin D'Angelo, white people are evil, uh, white fragility, DEI, Black Lives Matter stuff. It's, look, we all come to life with certain attitudes. Just be aware of them and understand if a Southern guy walks in, He's an engineer, and he's from Mississippi. You can't think this guy's an idiot. Just be aware of bias when it creeps in. It's it's much more just even-handed and reasonable. Yeah, it's, do a, we need, it's a psychology class. Do we need this, though? Yeah, a psychology class. That's what I was thinking. This is kind of an interesting thing to have in college. Do you need that in your sea of insurance agents who are sitting in cubicles typing in orders to function? Well, that depends on your point of view. Um, if, 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 if I was she, a black man with a southern accent, I might answer that question differently than I would. And I'm, I'm ready to concede that. But don't you think Jim over there in that cubicle will quickly figure out, oh, he's not dumb. I, I might have thought he was dumb because he had a southern accent, but he's not now that I know him. Well, if I mean, he doesn't, Jim's an idiot and you ought to fire him. <laughs> I just I don't know. Why don't you straighten up, Jim? Uh, but then they go into some credits worry. It's about making white people comfortable rather than addressing systemic inequality. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, nice. Uh, the belonging obsession. I'm, I'm skipping large swaths of this article, but um, it's all about belonging. The belonging obsession is the result of a now widespread corporate standard. Jack, I know you love this. Bring your whole self to work. If you have the flexibility to work wherever you want and the freedom to discuss the social and political issues that matter to you, then ideally you'll feel that you belong at your company. Bring your whole self to work. Wow. All of your attitudes and beliefs and and talk about them constantly and openly. What was that sentence there about the political issues? That's something. Uh, (laughs) The freedom to discuss the social and political issues that matter to you. Who wants their coworker, who they're already kind of annoyed with, to bring their social and political issues to work. And Nobody about wants that. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody wants that. Nobody. Except maybe the snowflakiest members of, of uh, Gen Z. It's an idiotic idea. That's exactly the opposite of what you ought to do. Right. Go and do your damn job. The rest of you is for your friends. Maybe your relatives who are rolling their eyes the minute you turn your back. Well, I have a feeling the crowd that wants it is, a, is picturing having uh, enjoyable conversations with people they agree with, as opposed Exclusively to Exclusively running... <laughs> people they agree with. <laughs> Instead of running into somebody who has completely different opinions. Yeah, if somebody says, you know, I, I disagree, I, and it was interesting, I witnessed, I overheard quite an animated discussion in the office here um, the other day. I, I'm going to be vague about it. I don't want anybody calling me and asking me for the particulars. If you do, I'll say I can't remember. Um, Made it up. Everything we say on the air is fiction. Always remember that. Every single thing. In fact, we're AI generated, the two of us. Um, anyway, it was quite the animated discussion about drag shows for children. And it got personal and heated. Anyway. Um, really? Here? Yeah. Yeah. Who was it? <laughs> it was Mo and Larry in accounting. Do you know who it was, Michael? 
No. No, and it wasn't me. Think about it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I have some guesses. <laughs> they're probably correct. Um, where, where was I going with that? Oh, the idiotic idea of bringing your, your quote-unquote whole self to work. Yeah, I mean, if you're t- going on and on about how wonderful you think trans acceptance is, and I say to mutilate the bodies of adolescents or feed them hormones because of a momentary confusion during puberty is cruel and it's child abuse. I I'm bringing my whole self to work. Are you going to say, "Hey Joe, I really appreciate you sharing what's in your heart." No, you're going to effing explode right. and you're going to run weeping to HR saying there's a hater and a transphobe in the office. You lying punks. God, that is the craziest idea ever. I know. I know. That, how could How could you possibly think that would work? Jonathan Haidt, social psychologist, professor at NYU, and one of my heroes, wishes we weren't having this conversation about identity and belonging. Quote, at a time of rising political polarization, many people's whole selves don't fit with the whole selves of their colleagues. No way. I've heard it from so many managers. They can't stand it anymore. The constant conflict over identities. Wow. So whoever came up with this idea, do they actually just feel like... Everybody agrees or the people that don't agree will keep quiet because they're on the wrong side of history. Well, exactly. And and that's the hubris of the a stupid and b intellectually belligerent and rigid. The idea that, well, my ideas are the right ones. And so those ideas can be shared openly. People who disagree with me, they have the wrong ideas. So I don't understand what you're saying. You think they should be able to share those, too, but they're wrong. I mean, can you imagine being that intellectually stunted? No. It's got to be scary. But I know some people with degrees who believe that. Yeah, well, wisdom and intelligence are two different things. I like this. Um, it's a quote from a Muslim fella who says, uh, a lot of this stuff is almost an offensive focus on group labels. It all but compels people to stereotype each other. I happen to be Muslim and a faithful Muslim, but that doesn't mean I interpret Islam like every other Muslim out there. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, it was a, a gal. She believes that people now use belonging as a tacit acknowledgement that uh, blah, blah, blah. Quit with the identity stuff. God, almost everybody we work with here, I don't have the slightest idea what they believe about anything. And that is better. I wouldn't have had I not witnessed that entirely fictional and imaginary shouting match. <laughs> we got quite a bit, quite a few texts about fun employment, believe it or not. Okay. Uh that are somewhat controversial, among other things we can talk about coming up. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! 
And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Dueling lead stories between Johnny Depp's teeth and the royal family being chased by paparazzi that we're trying to cover today. <laughs> Keep you up to date. Getting spread kind of thin. Uh, coming up, I do want to talk a little bit about the work requirements that the Republicans are pushing. As I heard of, they were cruel and draconian. As part of the well, you you can decide. As part of the debt ceiling deal, making people on welfare uh, work more than they currently are. How little some people are working, hint, not at all, um, is quite shocking. So that that's on the way. Uh, had a, I was talking to somebody yesterday who has a, a, a big a business trip that they're starting today. And um, I was just thinking about pre-child life. Or perhaps in your case, post-child life. Mm-hmm. Not that you're, you no longer have children, but well, they're not childs anymore. Yes. Exactly, they live on their own. Adults, thank God. Um, versus when you have kids, because this this person was uh, who was childless was lamenting their day of business travel. They have a conference, but today is going to be traveling all day long. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and I said, I would pay a <laughs> lot of money to have your day today. The ride in the Uber to the airport by myself. Where I get to listen to music or read, sitting in the airport by myself, riding on a plane clear across the country, stopping in an airport, eating something by myself, reading, just looking listening out the window, to a podcast, reading, yes. listening to music. Yes. If I spent the whole day traveling, then so get to a hotel, tiring, so tiring. I would give any. That sounds like the greatest day in terms of relaxation <laughs> I've had in years. In fact, I haven't done anything like that in so long. I don't even remember what it feels like. Wow. I have thought. That, uh, and I've had this feeling before, like when we do business trips where I'm not with the child, the kids, which isn't very often, I, I, I always remember, this is, a, you're on vacation. If you're traveling without kids, you're on vacation. Whether you know it or not, <laughs> you are on vacation if you're traveling without children. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a completely different thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every single aspect of it. It wasn't long ago I, I did a little trip and had a super tight connection. 
It was fine. It's me. I ran into the bathroom, right. ran out of the bathroom. I did, right. You know, I, I half jogged when I needed to. There's no worries. It's fine. Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> Is again, so I would I would find that so relaxing and enjoyable. So uh, my my point is, and uh, you know, it can work both ways. Everything's about perspective. It just uh, you know. Oh yeah, yep, so true. Um, I just came across an insidious uh, consumer trend that I hadn't realized was a trend. We uh, we discovered these uh, these breakfast bars that are super yummy and um, and. Really good nutrition, not a bunch of hyper-processed stuff. And as usual, you go to the website, and they say, hey, give us your email address for 10% off. I'm like, that's fine. I'll give them my my dummy email address that I only use for this sort of thing, get 10% off. Now, they say, hey, that's great. Uh, If you want your 10%, uh, add your phone number on there, Skippy. They want your phone number so they can text you, too. Now, you can opt out of those, theoretically, but now it's not enough to give them your email address. You're yeah. not getting my phone number. Right. Oh, so you can immediately sell it to, you know, every corporation in America, the Russian mob, the Chinese communists. Or... I was dealing with something like that the other day, something so amazingly innocuous, and they wanted my email and my phone. I'm like, are you kidding? Nope. Wow. I wish more people, I wish more of you would say no to that so they'd maybe come to the conclusion that I guess we can't harvest information from everybody all the time for everything. Email I'm willing to compromise on. I hope it's a trend. People saying absolutely not. Should you have to work to get government benefits? Talk more about that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. But we are all human at the end, and we all deserve housing. It is a human right. It doesn't matter your background, your religion, your creed, your sexual orientation. I don't care about none of that, and nobody here should either. What we all Sine, care about is ending homelessness. Sine, we need to move on. So that was a uh, a meeting about homelessness, and that's not really one I wanted to talk about here. That's not what I was going to bring up, but just wanted to put it out there as just changing attitudes. You know, that's a growing attitude, the idea of having a place to live being a human right. Mm-hmm. Like something that, you know, you should automatically get from somewhere. Place to live. Kind of fits in with this idea of fun employment being a thing. Oh, coming up, perhaps the... Woke lunatic of the year. Okay, cool. Stay with us. So we're going to get to some of the work requirements that Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans are throwing out there for uh, getting welfare. Cruel MAGA Republicans. But I start with this, this opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal from a college professor, Susie Welch. For Gen Z, unemployment can be a blast. And she talks about um, teaching college students... And she realizes they have different views. She's older and they're young and times change and blah, blah, blah. But she said, my equanimity was recently tested for the first time in a while with graduation looming and summer almost upon us when my students started throwing around the term fun employment, as in I'll work when I work until then I'm just going to do fun employment. I literally screamed in class the first time a student casually mentioned that fun employment was their next step in life. What? 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 I cried. Are you literally saying fun employment like unemployment can be fun? The students burst into laughter. Yes, exactly. It can be. And they threw out all the different ways that they were going to enjoy fun employment when they graduated from college. Going to a vegan sanctuary in Madrid for a few months. Oh, if only. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful dream. Uh, uh, the, The mountain climbing in Peru. Living with refugees in Greece for five hours a day and return for room and board. Attending Burning Man and then taking some quality time to recover. I thought it was an unspeakable tragedy that these people had so much college debt that we got to pay for it. Uh, This college professor says, I was reminded of the time Kim Kardashian broke the internet when she said her best advice for women in business was to get your effing A up and work. (laughs) <laughs> the the, meta, the metaverse cleaved in two with people under certain age indignant at the suggestion that the system wasn't rigged against them, rendering hard work pointless. And Kim Kardashian claiming that you worked to get ahead. Wow. Radical position. Um, One other part I want to throw in this before I move on to the other. Uh, Is this part of oh, okay. rejecting hustle culture? <laughs> yeah. Fun employment, the idea that not having a job or even the prospect of one could be pleasant, delightful, and even desirable, this seems like a level step up from wanting work-life balance. It makes even quiet quitting, which is really another way of saying I I, I don't want to work as much, seem uh, quaint in comparison. So anyway, she seems to believe that this is another step further from, you know, well, feeling like you need to work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not working is a human right. She's also asking about it in all kinds of different classes with different people, and everybody laughing, yeah, it's a term we're all talking about. And she's surprised she hadn't heard it before. I hadn't Mm. heard it until today. Yeah. But her main question was, how do you afford to do it? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 
Um, and everybody, the, all the responses were, you just do. You just make it happen somehow. To which she still doesn't really understand how that happens. Now, I guess I could picture if you have a little savings, you go to Europe, you get the rail pass, you work for a couple of days somewhere off the books, I guess. But that doesn't sound super relaxing. I don't know. You just do it. You make it happen. What does that mean? I, I think that if something costs $10 that you need, where did that $10 come from? You just find it. <laughs> I know an awful lot of younger people, and I mean younger than me, and I don't mean young, but like younger people who are still carrying a lot of credit card debt from those years of when they took their trip to Europe or whatever, and they're mm. still paying it off like 15 years later. Wow, really? Oh, Whoa. heck yeah. You know, you build up $30,000 worth of credit card debt when you're 22 backpacking around Europe. It takes a long time to get out of that. Wow, yeah. I, I've always felt kind of bad or or mildly regretful that I, like you, just got working as soon as possible. Not only as a kid, but then as an adult. Um, there's no, what do they call it? A uh, gap year? Gap year. Yeah, there was not like a gap two weeks. No. Yeah, well, I don't know. On the other hand, I've never really had debt problems, but no, it's partly because I married a banker. Um, eh, wow, this is crazy. So on the other end of this, the uh, the GOP trying to get more work requirements for welfare, and I think I think this fits together some places. Some of it is I got to believe these kids. I she, I didn't look where this woman is teaching but i gotta believe these kids have the option of going back and living with their parents when they get done you know at the vegan madrid thing (laughs) they can live with their parents and look for a job and hang out there until it comes around or they find the thing that makes their heart sing not everybody has that option well yeah what do i want to do what makes my heart sing a sickening notion to me but um house republicans are trying to make uh a stricter work requirements for welfare, part of the debt ceiling deal. The House GOP's Limit, Save, Grow Act that passed this spring stiffens work requirements in programs such as food stamps and Medicaid. The Supplemental Nutritional Assistant Program, SNAP, currently stipulates 20 hours per week of work or training for able-bodied adults under 50 without children. Wow, You're under that's f- what's cruel and draconian? That requirement? You're under 50, no kids, and you only have to come up with 20 hours of work or training, which practically anything counts as training, from what I've understood. Um, Those who don't comply can only receive benefits for three months out of every 36 months. House Republicans want to raise the age requirement to 55. The bill was also cracked down on states that watered down the requirements with exemptions. I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal opinion piece here. Decide for yourself if a part-time work program aimed at an able-bodied man without children at home constitutes taking food out of the mouths of kids, as House Democrats have said in a press conference yesterday. Oh, I left that phrase out. Yep, taking food out of the mouths of kids. Or you're like a 40-year-old man with no kids and perfectly healthy. You're just a lazy loser. (laughs) 
Then there's the cash well, benefit. Well, of course, they can show up to the local school anyway because the schools feed the, the quote-unquote the kids all year long for free, including in the summer, but they don't check who's a kid and who's not. In fact, they can't. Then there's the cash benefit, temporary assistance for needy families, TANF. As a condition of federal funding, states are supposed to engage at least half of families in some type of work, including training or job hunting. But only six states hit the 50% target in 2021. So job hunting is included. So I don't even know what that means. As a condition of federal funding, states are supposed to engage half of the families. So you only, like, make half the families do it and you just don't pay attention to the other half? Again, and wh- who came up with the idea of if half of families work for their taxpayer handout, that's good enough? Who came up with this? How did this end up being our, th- our current standard? But even with that, only six states hit the 50% mark. According to the House Ways and Means Committee, 34 states had a 0% effective rate in making families work for their benefits. Want me to explain government to you? It'll take 10 seconds. All right. Politicians gain power. They get control of taxation in the treasury. They use the money from the treasury to buy votes. The rest Bingo. of politics Bingo. It, The rest of politics is trying to obscure that fact. Anyway, we got other stuff to talk about, and I won't get bogged down in more of the details, but the Republicans are trying to come up. It's it's a lot like the spending cuts when they talk about the, uh, you know, cutting and spending. It's tiny, tiny cuts to the growth. Like Kevin McCarthy says, we're going to go back to the spending of late 22. Right. Four months ago, six months ago. And this is similar. The Republicans are going to put on requirements that are barely anything, because currently the requirements are nothing. In many cases, well, 34 states for that particular program. It's amazing. Yeah, that's one word for it. Wow. Woke lunatic of the year nominee. Where else but King County, Washington, the Seattle area. Women especially. You're not going to believe this is real. It's real. Coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. Hannah Storm and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Supreme Court rulings coming down. They usually come down in June. It's May, but they ruled against Andy Warhol and for Twitter and Google. Wow. Two different cases there. Um, I'll have to look into that because I don't quite understand, but maybe next hour. Hmm. I wish we could play you this whole thing, but you'll get the idea. I want to set this up a little bit uh, because... It's easier to follow it if you know the particulars. The King County, that's Seattle, King County Regional Homelessness Authority Committee was nominating a new member or two, including uh, this person by the name of Thomas Whitaker, who goes by the name Raven Crowfoot. Claiming some sort of Native American heritage. All right. Raven Crowfoot. Yeah. Um, she announces the, the head, whose name is um, Shanae Colston. You're going to hear her a lot in this. Introduces him as a uh, lived expert, meaning at one time he was homeless. And she also claimed he represents the LGBTQIA2S plus community, which she rattles off quite skillfully. And again, that whole thing has become a parody of itself. But what's going to happen is, uh, and then they, they go through a quick vote, and then one of the gals on the committee points out, um, this dude who now claims to be a woman and an Indian and whatever else is also a rapist and a sex offender, and he sexually assaulted her, and she's not comfortable with him, her, being on the committee. We'll start with 90, Michael. <laughs> Any abstentions? All, wanna, uh, can I say something? We have a code of ethics on this board, and Thomas Whitaker Raven Crowfoot is a sex offender, a repeat sex offender, and I have had bad experience with him. So I don't touch you up because we can't disclose people's personal business here, right? Okay. And although that's public disclosure, like we have no right to out anybody in this space. Okay, okay. I thought 
thinking right, of what like that's just here. not okay at all okay. and i won't and stand I for that as a co-chair no, we're not we don't here do to that discover here. people's no. backgrounds and actually i'm glad that if that is the case that he's here because sex offenders are another uh, population that is most vulnerable that don't have housing wow so the anger gets turned on the victim of a sex offender and a charitable toward the sex offender yeah harvey weinstein if you're looking for a gig you got to get on this seattle uh king county regional homelessness authority because you being a rapist you you can't bring that up even as a victim how dare you roll on okay people I have nothing people he touched me he has he she has touched me so if there's a meeting where he's christina, at you need to, to take that. this to the police then christina i have i have this is not the forum christy stop as the co-chair i'm telling you that you cannot talk like that in this meeting I will not have that here. If anyone wants to talk like that, you will be muted and then removed from this meeting, board member or public or not. So they're still doing Zoom, apparently. Is that a COVID thing? Uh, I, probably. It's Seattle, yeah, sure. Uh, let's roll on with this Shanae Colston, who is obviously a monster. She would have made a fabulous uh, Red Guard in Mao's China or, or, or a Hitler youth. This is about equity. And everyone... Everyone deserves housing. I don't care if they're a sex offender. I don't care if they're black. I don't care if they're indigenous. I don't care if they're a criminal. I don't care if they're coming out of jail, prison. Everyone deserves housing. Okay. Okay, Shanae. We got you. No, it's not okay. That's the point. And so when we talk about a code of ethics here at the CLC board, we will be respectful of all people, all inclusivity. Everybody's here for the same reason, to end homelessness, because we've all been there. Keeping in mind, she is screaming at the victim of sexual assault for saying, I'm not comfortable being at meetings with this guy who assaulted me or gal or whatever it is. I I honestly, I'm confused. I can't tell. Um, it's interesting that the Marxist types get so angry so fast. Oh, immediately. Yeah. Um, they they don't like just lay out their arguments with uh, with with charts and graphs, logic. So, so he's screaming, you know, in, in, insinuated or explicit threats of violence. Yeah, it's emotionalism. It's like uh, pre enlightenment. You're an evil spirit. You're a heretic. Stuff. Everybody has a right to housing. All right. Screaming at a sexual assault victim. I don't agree with that, even if you're not a criminal, but it certainly doesn't work for everyone. Wow. Everybody has a right to housing. Sex offenders, criminals, murderers, rapists. Who's supposed to pay for that, honey? That's how sick these people are. These are the same people who are, you know, maybe not quite as crazy as her, but teaching your your adolescent kids that you know they're probably the other sex and can be if they'd like to gobble up hormones or get a surgery or two yeah same folks man that is some crazy crazy ass wow and the fact that she she went from zero to so angry so fast you know what let's at the victim let's go with the San Francisco trans activist thing we got a minute this is the hearing about Banco Brown, which was the transgender person, homeless black person who got shot by a security guard after um, this Banco Brown person fought the guard tooth and nail rolling around on the ground. 
Was it justified? Wasn't it? Brooke Jenkins says she's not going to prosecute in San Francisco, but this is an activist during the public comment period. 95, Michael. I just want you to feel our pain. So I am going to spend the next minute screaming because that is what is going on in here. I can't imagine why people are moving out of San Francisco, but she's not done. I hate you, London Breed! I hate you, Jenkins! Wow, these people are crazy. Is that all? Hold D.A. Jenkins accountable! Hold him f***ing A, man! Cowards! You said people that are to the left of the elected officials in San Francisco. And as usual, they're enraged. Right, because you have to be. And it's all about emotion. My ex- my lived truth. My truth. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Play 96 again. Oh, my God. Now that's hate speech. You are not hinged. <laughs> oh, man. The story's not good, obviously. But no. Holy cow. And, and, and you know, one of the delights of, of doing this show is bringing folks from all over the country to the human zoo to look at the animals. Man, there's some crazy people. And, you know, that gal's just some lunatic shrieking at a city council meeting. But that first lunatic who's screaming at the sexual assault victim, that's the co-chair of the King County Regional Homelessness Authority Committee. God, and how much money does it get thrown around, gets thrown around that uh, they get to dole out? Uh, quite a bit. If you miss an hour of the show, we do four. Listen to the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.